That'd be cool. Yeah, and it's not a have to. It's not a have to. Yeah. Bo, you going? You making a wise decision. <laughs> They're going to have a blast. <laughs> Bo says, I know I am. <laughs> I've been in this room before. <laughs> I go with <laughs> Please, yeah. I think we let's just all go. They don't have to go. Let's just all stay in here and let's do what they're going to do. Because I know it's going to be fun. Uh, let me tell you one of the reasons why we're doing that, just for folks that have, for the first time, have ever stepped in here. Man, thank you. I mean, really, thank you. I understand what it feels like to walk through a door for the very first time, especially on a door that maybe um, deep down you didn't want to. I get the fact, man, that you've got to push yourself through there. So, man, we don't take it for granted at all that even if you've been in this room a thousand times, I don't take it for granted. Welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Amen. You can take a deep breath. You're in a safe place. But you'll not know that until you place your heart out. I found that out a long time ago. That I can't get love, I can't receive love from anyone unless I give them the real Bibbos, the real Mike Bibbins. And at times, life really flips us upside down. And so what we have decided is that we're going to really kind of get rid of that word fine unless you really are. And you say it. You say, I'm great. I'm super. But if you're not, man, oh, man, join the club. You're in a safe place to be able to say, you know what, man, life's pressing in on me a little bit. And so we're honored uh, to be able to live it together. One of the other things, and then we'll jump in, is that our heart and soul for this place is that you live out who God made you to be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Since we're here on Saturday, skip Saturday just a little bit, and then over into Sunday. Right? Because it's like I was sharing with Dave here before. The math of the deal really is that this time is only 0.003% of your week. And so for us that go into a place of work or in your home, you sleep eight hours. So that's 25% of it. Another 25% of it is where you either punch a clock, go into a place of work, going to a place to teach, wherever that is. And man, for us, that's where we want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that that's where God has you for a purpose. That you live out your uniqueness so wide open that people come up and go, what kind of drugs are you on, man? And you just tell them, I'm on this Jesus juice and it's great. And you get to start living life with folks. And you just tell them your story. They can't take your story away from you. You just tell them your story. And so that's where we're going to dive back in uh, tonight. If you were here last Saturday, what we said, we, 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 we tagged on the words that the Marys heard when they went to the tomb and the angel was there and said, He is risen. He's not here. And so we, we kind of took that a step on further down and we said, at sometimes don't we live life in that same manner? Stating that how did the disciples and the people that first started to follow Jesus after the resurrection, because remember, Jesus was on the ground for 40 days after He emptied the tomb. And last week, what we were saying is that, how did they do it? 
Because a lot of times in our life, we will say, He's not here. And, and it'll come out in this kind of fashion. If, you're, if life gets turned upside down for you, a lot of times you'll, you'll say, God, where are you in this? You know, when circumstances around you are just chaotic and, and you go, Lord, are you, even, are you even anywhere in this? And then you guys, last week, if you were here, man, you started throwing out these great tools that you would use in order to remind yourself He is here. Because see, Jesus said right at the very end, He said, teach these other disciples. And He's talking to the disciples. Teach the other disciples that I am with them always. How? And remember we said, they didn't have this. Thank God we do, but they didn't. And so Jesus has just charged them to go, hey, go teach everybody that I'm not ever going to leave that I'm going to be with them always, and in 50 days, I'm really sending the helper of all helpers, and that we know is the Holy Spirit through Pentecost. But what about for us today? Because one of the coolest, not ideas, but one of the coolest tangible ways that you were sharing with one another that you do remind each other that Jesus is here was through prayer. So I thought, well, let's look at that. You know, so when I start to look at stuff like this, I have to start asking myself these questions. Who prays? Why do we? What's our motive? And so I said, well, let's go look at the guy that, that prayed. Jesus. He did it. So I just want to look at a couple examples from him, and then we're just going to start folding in, and you'll get the chance to participate tonight. I want, to, I want to frame up what Jesus did because the two examples I'm going to give you, you'll see one where Jesus is praying for Himself and He's praying for others. So let's go ahead and get our, get our minds working here a little bit. Do any of us ever pray for ourselves? Hands up. Yes, all of us. Way to go. How many of us ever pray for someone else? Yeah. And I think we can raise both hands on that because a lot of times if you're ever in close proximity with people and living life with one another, you always have a prayer request for someone else. You know, they'll say, hey, what, what's going on in your life? Does anybody have any prayer requests? And, and someone will say, well, man, my, uh, my Aunt Margaret on my uh, Uncle Bob, Billy Bob's side of the family that's twice removed from my great-grandmother that lives over in Bucksnort, well, she's got crazy warts. <laughs> There's the nastiest warts you've ever seen in your life. She was, a, she was a butcher, and I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I just would like to pray for her that she would get relief from her warts. <laughs> you know, and, and everybody looks wide-eyed and go, well, okay. Or then you'll have some that will say the unspoken, and that, that's for another day. We're going to spend the whole time on that one. Why in the world we ever do that? But all men in the barn right now, let's just raise your hand. All men. Both hands. Both hands. Okay. And so we say, all right. Yeah, you're under arrest. <laughs> all right, you can put them down. Now, there's a scripture here that would be kind of cool. It says that in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. And I love this last piece. Free from anger and controversy. And man, oh man, isn't that where we live a lot of our lives is that we, there's a lot of anger and controversy in our life. 
And for us to literally go into a place of worship like our work and offer ourselves and say, I don't, I've got zero control over all of y'all, but I'm going to pray for myself in this moment that I'm going to be free from anger and controversy. Do you think that one, one that, you know, that as it started coming at you and you just said, literally, you kind of just had your hands up and go, I'm under, I'm under arrest of Jesus. I surrender to him. I'm not, I'm not going to participate. You, you can go have all the fun of that you want, but not me, not anymore. And that's what we're going to see. Here's the scene. I, I think that, that Jesus just, he just blows me away. The more that you read about this guy, the more he blows me away. And the reason he emptied the tomb is to blow you away. And so check this out. I mean, the scene is, is it's the week of before he empties out the tomb. Okay? He's come in. They've sang Hosanna. They put the palm leaves down. And it's the, it's, they got to get ready for the Passover meal. You remember that? And so all of the Gospels have it. And if anyone's here and you don't know what that word means, Gospel means good news. And so if you've ever looked in your book, and someone has said the Gospels, what they're talking about is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the first four books in the New Testament. And they're not chronological. Okay? So all of the Gospels, all of the letters, all of the books that would have good news in them are talking about Jesus fulfilling the Passover for thousands of years. And He's told two of the twelve, He's told Peter and John, He said, hey, I need you to go get ready. I need you to go get the room ready for our meal tonight, the Passover meal. And, and so any of us, remember in school when you got picked to do something, you wanted to be line leader? Hands go up quick, you know, so Peter and John, they rush and they go get the room ready. And Jesus and the boys are there. And there's other people in the room as well, but it's the Passover meal. And so as they're preparing for the meal, what Jesus is starting to do, He's starting to model what He has done since day one. Service. Remember, He said, I've come to serve, not be served. And so He's in the room, and everyone is sitting, and Jesus breaks out the bowl of water, and He girds Himself with cloth, and He starts kneeling down, and He's grabbing feet. He's grabbing nasty feet. Because they walk in sandals. They're not, I can't, Aunt Margaret may have warts, but I can't imagine some of these feet <laughs> just walking in the dirt and just the heat and the slime. And Jesus gets down and he gets to Peter. You remember the scene? And Peter recoils. No, Lord! No! And Jesus, man, I believe that he was down on his knees and he's looking in his eyeballs and he says, he calls him Simon, Simon. Because see, he changed his name. And I believe Jesus in those moments that when, when we start to act out in our flesh, that that's the old. And so He told him, He said, Simon, Simon, instead of Peter, which was His new name, which meant rock, which meant foundation. I'm going to build my church upon you. And He looks at him, He goes, Simon, Simon. He said, Satan has pleaded with me to sift you like wheat. Can you imagine, gang? Now, how many of us ever say, boy, the devil's all over me right now? The enemy's all in my cookie jar right now. Did anybody ever say that? Jesus is telling Simon, Simon, I've been asked 
to have you sift. And what he's saying, he said, Satan just wants to agitate you. Can anybody relate? You ever feel agitated? He wants to ruffle you up. Anybody else can relate to that? He wants to shake you. He wants to mess you up. He wants to get your attention off of me. He said, but look what Jesus says. Turn to your book in Luke. You've got to see these words. It's in Luke chapter 22. The boys have seen for three years what Jesus is all about. Simon, Simon knows what Jesus is telling him. He doesn't, he's not confused about it. But look at what Jesus does in verse 32 of chapter 22 of Luke. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, so when you have changed your heart, so when you have changed your mind, and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. You see, he told him that you're going to run from me when the crow, when the rooster crows three times. <coughs> and look at these beautiful words, gang, that just to me solidifies the love that Christ, that God has for us. Simon, I've pleaded in prayer for you. The meal starts to end. And Jesus in that moment, at one point in the meal said, one of you will betray me. And man, oh man, if I'd heard these words right here, and if I'm Simon, and if I'm Peter, I'm kind of thinking it may be me. Because they were asking each other in the room, Lord, is it me? Am I going to be the one? They didn't even know. They didn't know themselves well enough to even know whether or not they were going to be the ones to betray. But one in the room did know. And it wasn't Peter. And it was Judas. So now the twelve become eleven. They finish their meal. And if you keep reading in that, and I'm encouraging you to do so, you'll see that when they left, they were singing. <laughs> it's crazy. So Jesus has just prayed for... Peter, and he doesn't say if you turn back, he says when you turn back, and when you do, strengthen my brothers, how? Because he's going to be in a room, Peter's going to be in a room full of folks that everybody in the room is going to say, me too, I ran just a little bit before you did, <laughs> you were the last one standing there, we were praying for you. Jesus goes to the garden. <laughs> I love this scene. It brings me back to a, to a time when we were in Humboldt. We were doing these hour around the 24-hour prayer vigils. Man, I could not keep my peepers open. <laughs> Man, I tried. We took the craziest hours. Man, I'm in a rocking chair in the church, and we're rocking, and I'm trying to pray, and I'm going, I think I'm doing more sleeping than I am praying. But Jesus has asked the guys to pray. And he says, would y'all stay here and pray? I'm going to be over here to pray. And look what he's praying. It's on down in verse 42. And this is still in Luke. And this is Jesus praying. And he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Father, if you're willing... Would you please, man, 
How many of us have had the urgency of going, Lord, if you, if you just please, Lord, if you'll just get me out of this police car. Lord, if you'll just please get me out of this abusive home. Father, if you'll please get me out of this relationship. Lord, if you'll please get me out of school. Father, if you'll please get me out of this. Were any of us ever prayed like that? Yeah, we're in the same company with Jesus. And it says, he says, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done. And what he's talking about is he's saying, I want your purpose and your desire to be done and not mine. My desire is, is I don't want to go through with it. I know what's coming, but I don't want to do it. I'm just being honest with you, Lord. Is there any other way that we can do this? Is there any other way that this can go down? I'm begging you. And look what happens in verse 43. After the prayer, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. So the world will look and it says, after he strengthened him, he prayed more fervently. <laughs> and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. So what does all this mean for us? What does that tell us that prayer is? You know, if someone were to come up and say, hey, Bibbo, why do you pray? What's the, what's the use? What do we tell them? It's essential. It's for nourishment. It's for connection. It's for communion. Yes, do a lot of times do I pray for the circumstances to change that I'm in? Absolutely I do. Does that mean that they will? And does that mean that God's not God if they don't change? They didn't for Jesus. <coughs> Jesus asked, is there any other way? And so we do the same thing. And so what I believe it is, is that the prayer is for the strength for us to go through the very thing that God needs us to go through. It's His will. It's His purpose. Now some of it's our own chaos that we've created. I, same thing. Lord, I have created all this chaos. You're not, you're not responsible for any of that. I've created all of this, but I know it's going to be the you in me that helps me walk back through my chaos and make it right with everyone else. It's the same Him within. Right? Alright, so here's what I... So, let me give you this example. How do we know what God's will and our will is? How many of us ever wrestle with that? <laughs> Daily. <laughs> minute by minute. Lord, is this me? Is it you? I'll give you a, a, a quick little um, background on Bevo. Um, I wrestle with it all the time, guys. And um, So if anyone ever says they don't wrestle with that, you probably need to run from them pretty quick. <laughs> Seriously. I've gotten very careful about saying two words God said. And here's the reason why. Years ago when I was in corporate America, I had a chance to uh, leave the company that I was with and go with another company. I was chasing titles and money. Remember, if you've lived any life with me at all, drug of choice in, in the old bivo was uh, booze and uh, work. Okay? And so I was chasing the title. I was chasing the dollar. And, and so I came home and, you know, these guys were courting me. Felt good. Bivo, we want you to come work with us. It's going to be a big old pay raise. Here's all the stuff. 
So I go in, you know, I was first just kind of walking this thing with the Lord. I come over strutting in. Now, I knew what I wanted. But I started playing this card. Hey, Deb, I think God's telling me. I, I, I think God's telling me that I need to make this change. Now, she's hanging out with a guy that's just now starting to hang out with this guy named Jesus. And so she doesn't trust me in it. She trusts him. And I don't know what those prayers were like, but I'm probably pretty sure they were fervent. Father, is this what, he, is this what really we need to do? But I played, the, I played the God card in order to keep you at bay. In order to keep you off of me, because if I played the God card, then you, I wouldn't want you speaking back into it, because I would just say, God said, you going you gonna to argue with God? <laughs> Guess how long that job lasted? Six months. Awful. Horrible. Terrible. Fast forward another six months, and I start to get what it feels like to pray more fervently. Because at that moment, that's when uh, we were really having the conversations about starting this company called Bivo, a little transportation company. And I'll never forget it, man. It, just, it still just hits me like a ton of bricks. Is that I came down and I told, I told Deb, it's a big deal. I was coming out of corporate America. I said, babe, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to make this change. This is the direction we're going to go. And she goes, I trust you with us. Man, I went back upstairs, and as that song said, here I am on my knees again. And I said, Lord, I can't fake this one. Father, I will not fake this one. God, we, this has got to be true. How do I know, Father? How do I know? And I'd love to sit here and tell you that there was this big neon sign that said, this is the way to go, Bivo. It doesn't happen that way a lot of times, gang. Sometimes I don't know the way I'm supposed to go until I get there. And so here's the thing, if you're ever like me and you're still wrestling with it, and we will before the end of the night, how do I know it's God's will? Here's what I believe has helped me. And it's if my mind and heart will not stop touching it, then who will this glorify? Alright, I'm going to repeat it for you. Because it's what I ask myself constantly. Why did you do the uh, refuge, Bivo? It's for Him. And it's for Him to let everyone know that comes into our path that will ever listen to us is that you're Him-powered. And that you need zero permission to go love on someone. We need no committee to hand out cash to folks that need deposits for MHA. If it's in the bucket, it goes out. And guess who gets to make those decisions? The one that they contacted. People call me all the time and say, Bivo, this is what we got to do. Do we need to pray about it? And I said, no, we're going to do it. We ain't got to pray about that one. But you get to do it. So what is it? If your mind and heart will not stop touching it, then who will this glorify? So what is prayer? Oswald Chambers said, Prayer is the way that the life of God in us is nourished. I'll be glad to. Prayer is the way that the life of God in us is nourished. 
It's a seeking. It's a beseeching. It's a communication. So just a couple of things that I want to equip us with. How? What does that look like for us in our day-to-day as we're walking around? Ephesians says, this is Ephesians 6. Write these down, gang, so you can go back to them. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How do we pray in the Spirit? Let me take a quick time out. How many of us in our day-to-day have conversations with ourselves? (laughs) Boy, howdy. There's some doozies, aren't they? What if we change the person that we're talking to from self to God? You just you still have the same conversation, you still have the same thought process, but instead of just having that conversation with you, you just say, "Hey, Lord, God, Daddy, Abba, Father, whatever, however you want to refer to God, your creator, Lord, what do you think? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this. It says, Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's a toughie. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Remember Jesus praying, Lord, I want Your will, not mine. So He's just saying, in all circumstances for this and God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? you got to hear this, gang. How do we stifle the Holy Spirit? How do you think you do that? Not trusting. Not trusting. What else? Not listening. listening. Alright, so if I'm hearing Him, what do I do with that? Take action. How many of us today are just sitting on something because we're just really not sure? We're still wrestling... We're really not wrestling God. We're wrestling self. Right? God has been very clear. I want you to go that way, this time, right now. Right now. And we go, I'm going to pray on that one. (laughs) All right, a couple more. We got to wrap up. This is beautiful. I I hope that you do this in Hebrews 4.16. Please write these down. Hebrews 4.16. You come to the throne of gracious God boldly. It says this, Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What did Jesus receive after He prayed? Man! So as we're going, we can be in an undertow of prayer that even in our day-to-day as I'm talking with Sean or Kyle or my bride or whomever, I can be just in this undertow of prayer in my thought going, Father, what is it that You want to show us in this? Lord, You're great. Man, high-five the heck out of Him. Really? Aren't we living some pretty great lives? Most of us put keys in ignition and drove over here. We got it licked, gang. High five him. Five, thank you, man. Lord, who do you want me to love on now? Start with self. Start with the guy in the mirror. All right. Let's see. One more application piece. What about when life gets 
terse. Jude 1, verse 20 says, Y'all like that word, don't you? It gets hard, rough. You're welcome. It says, But you, dear friends, must build 